Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Let's have all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian Pigeon Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You're listening to the Laughing Couple Podcast with your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Join them weekly as they discuss topics such as relationships, kids, sex, parenting, all unfiltered, and all with a healthy dose of laughter. Please welcome your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. We got a juicy one today. Juicy, juicy, juicy. Juicy, juicy. And not juicy, juicy anymore. Good job, Drew. Um, Good job, Drew. Good. What the <laughs> hell was that? Good job, girl. <laughs> um, today, I just hit the uh, slow down button. I know. Today we have, uh, we haven't, well, he's not on yet because I want to talk about something, but we're talking to um, Corey Allen. He is a, a licensed marriage and family therapist, um, but we talk a lot about sex and sex. it's just interesting because we haven't had a male sex therapist yeah, or therapist, I don't think, right. on the show. So um, right. the conversation therapist. is going to be totally different coming from a different perspective. But can we, can before, we before we talk before, about this, since we're talking about sex, I and, know what and, you want to talk and about. In this <gasps> podcast, we talk about some juicy stuff yes. about one partner wanting something that the yes. other partner doesn't want. Can we talk about that sex life? Net, yeah, that yes. Netflix movie. Oh what? my God, are you okay? Netflix yes. show. I said, sex life. I want to wait till the podcast to briefly discuss this. I am like, if you've watched Sex Life on Netflix, it was floating around for a while because I think episode, it's one of the early episodes, they show um, the video of the oh, other guy. They show about a 12 inch penis. Yes. But it was like a huge thing on yeah, TikTok it was for huge. a while. It was, it was like, go to episode three at five minute 22, whatever it is. And like, and then people were just showing their reactions to this video. But beyond that, so then it just got all of this talk. However, the show in general is horrendous. Not a spoiler. Not a spoiler. No. The show is just horrendous in terms of acting. It's like a really, really bad W Network, w Network mixed with Hallmark movie, but like. Oh, it's just, it is cringy. Nothing wrong with the W Network or the Hallmark movies. Love them, but, but, it's, but it's cringy acting. Very cringy. However, the storyline, yeah, the storyline kept us coming back because we were like, you know what, we didn't have anything else to watch. It was, it was interesting. What are our, what are our rules about a TV show? It needs to have uh, swearing. Right. <laughs> violence. Right. Sex. Right. Or what's the other one? Or superheroes. Or superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> we are such Oh my God. So superheroes. This has swearing. This has sex. We were engaged. It's like an eight part series. Yeah. No spoiler alert. No. I hated the ending. The ending is absolutely 
Like, I almost want to put disclaimer, spoiler alert, and then just fast forward a little bit because I do want to talk about it. So I'm going to say that we're about to spoil the ending. If you haven't seen the show or the the last episode, fast forward the next two minutes. Yeah, let's give us that. Okay, so at the very end, Billy, the girl, is stays with her husband, who she was like having doubts about because she kept thinking about her ex boyfriend through the whole thing. Right. Well, he did have a massive yes so she had a lot of passion with her ex-boyfriend and the ending was getting really cringe and it was like everything was just working out she decided to stay with her husband and everything was aligning and then she goes and sees her friend talk at her book launch and she like triggers something in her that basically was was like a manchurian candidate yeah she was like something was like ignited (laughs) inside of her that was like oh i'm dumbing down my passions um in my marriage and absolutely not so then she fucking goes and runs to her ex-boyfriend and says i am not leaving my husband but fuck me. But fuck and me. it was honestly, I threw up a little bit. It was so bad. It was cringy, but it pissed me off. And I'll tell you why it pissed me off. Because the husband tried his hardest. He did. He was such a good guy. He did all the right things. He did everything that she asked for him. He forgave mm-hmm. her for all of her whatever. Even when she, he like initially found her like diary. Right. Instead of like throwing it through the window, he was like, no, I'm going to be a little bit more adventurous. Just an upstanding guy. Yeah. He may be a little bit of a vanilla in the bedroom. But he tried. But you check mark 98% of that relationship and it's exactly the relationship you want and you could, you selfish, inconsiderate biatch. biatch. It was just You shitty. needed that 2% of that 12 inches and I'm telling you it it left a, a, a bad taste a bad taste in my mouth it wasn't really about that it was more about like if that's what you wanted you need to make the adult decision to say this is what I'm giving up and I will and I will commit over here you right. don't get to have both right. you, don't. you don't get to have both that's not fair and nope. it's and it's not a truthful thing and if you do want both both parties need to be okay with that so maybe you have an open marriage or whatever it looks like and you know but what? it was pissy it leads to it to the idea that maybe Maybe potentially, perhaps they're doing this like, you know, open marriage, open marriage. but it's whatever. not. You can so. see it on his face. The He's man sad. is just crushed. Yeah. Absolutely crushed. He's crying throughout the majority yeah. of it. I feel for the guy. Listen, he's a little bit of a limp biscuit when it comes to like his desires and passions, yeah. but, but he's willing to try. But that's the thing, though, right? He was. He wasn't. He like they went to the pool. Like he did do things. And I think once he realized that that's what she wanted, he was so for that. Like so for that. Listen, good guy, terrible human being of a wife. We got to get to this podcast. It's not about sex life on Netflix. But it is about sex and life. Let's jump into the episode with Corey. Here we go. We've got Corey Allen, not Alain. Alain. He is not (laughs) French Canadian, ladies and gentlemen. This man comes all the way from Texas. Is it Houston, Texas you're in? I'm actually in Dallas. Dallas, Texas. Home of the Cowboys. Yep. I'm a Niners fan. I won't hold it against you. I'm not a Cowboy fan, so don't worry. Perfect. There you go. (laughs) Well, screw the Cowboys then. (laughs) Uh, Corey, will you do us a favor? We would love to hear... Like all about you from you. So tell us what you do, what you're about. Um, just like a little introduction before we get to the nitty gritty. Now, so by training, I'm a marriage and family therapist. Um, uh, so I have a private practice that's now all online, working with people all over the world. And right. then I also uh, started blogging 14 years ago or so and started a podcast coming up on 10 years ago called Sexy Marriage Radio, that's where amazing. we do weekly episodes 
on just trying to help couples that are married have a better sex life, but it's also just about having a better life. Right. Um, because we have a saying that how you do sex is how you do life and how you do life is how you'll do sex. And those are interchangeable and there's a language that goes on and all of it. And we just want people to be better and to see marriage as a lifelong, long game process mm -hmm. that we all just get better as we go. So. I'm not going to lie, Corey, because I'm not a liar. <laughs> I love the fact that you're here on this podcast because believe it or not, we have about 12 to 13 male listeners. And every time we talk about sex or anything around sex, we always talk to a female yeah. okay. specialist. Yep. This is the yep. very first time that we're going to have some testosterone on this show with respects to sex. And I've been following you for a little while. True story. I reached out to you because of your Instagram. I love how cheeky. I like how some of the things you do cross the line into, am I comfortable answering your questions? And mm -hmm. not a lot of people are able to navigate around that. You have been able to navigate that. I loved it. And I thought this is going to be a good little episode. But before we start the episode, we do a, a, a shtick called I love you and you're annoying. I see that you have a beautiful partner. Can you please tell us Where's your wife, you know, on the side of annoying? Where has she been really annoying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know you love her. We just want to hear what's annoying. Well, about her. no, I, I think that I, I got no problem with that kind of a question because I think everything we do in a relationship helps uh, enhance us and challenge us, yeah. right? That our, our partner is a good stopgap and an infuriating uh, resource of information <laughs> about myself. Um, <laughs> that I didn't even know I was aware of. So where has she been annoying? Um, there's still a continual, I mean, we're 28 years into this thing and there's, there's a continual um, just get home when you say you're going to get home mm -hmm. issue. <laughs> so Got it. because she's a, has an incredible work ethic that I love and I hate and mm -hmm. I hate it because it impacts me and I'm selfish in that regard of wanting time with her. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. You're, you want to spend time with her. So it's kind of like, yeah, I think, I think we're better off by recognizing the more I can suspend judgment to the things that happen in mm -hmm. marriage and just see it as this is just the reality of living with another person that wants what they want to mm -hmm. better. I can maybe address it. Compromise. Yeah, I, I read something. Actually, I didn't read something. It was an audio book. So I heard something. I'm not going to lie. I don't read that much, but I certainly listen to books. Uh, and they were talking about how people assume that the way that they do things is the way that things are done. Right. Mm -hmm. And because they look at the world through the way they do things, anybody who doesn't do things the way they do it is a resistance and mm -hmm. it becomes, and often it becomes a morality conversation around yep. what's right and what's wrong. And when you start getting in the marriage, as you know, and you'll talk about it probably more than we will today, you start getting into that morality conversation of I'm right and you're wrong. Nobody wins. Have you ever had an embarrassing BO moment? I sure have. Like the time I thought the teenage boy beside me at the grocery store stunk only to get in my car and realize it was me. <laughs> embarrassing. But we've got the solution. Lumi whole body deodorant. Say goodbye to BO worries forever. Unlike some other deodorants, Lumi is powered by mandelic acid, a game changer for 72 hour odor control 
everywhere. It was inspired by patients' concerns about private part odor. Six years on and with over 300,000 five-star reviews, Lumi keeps us confident from head to toe. Plus, it's seriously safe anywhere on your body. Pits, thigh folds, belly buttons. Don't forget under boobs and vulvas. Yes, this is true. Plus butt cracks and feet. Created by an OBGYN, Lumi is clinically proven to block odor for up to 72 hours. Baking soda free, paraben free, and with fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. And for new customers, the Lumi Starter Pack has you covered with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, and free shipping. Don't miss out. As our special offer, you get $5 off Lumi Starter Packs with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. That's right, over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code TLC. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com. Control your body odor anywhere with Lumi. I love starting my day off with a breakfast that makes me feel good. This also involves waking up before my kids to have those quiet moments of peace before the chaos. Absolutely. And Magic Spoon is perfect for that. No artificial ingredients, natural flavors, and zero artificial coloring. Plus, it's great for various lifestyles, whether you're gluten-free, soy-free, or just want to add some more protein. And the variety pack is amazing with flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. So nostalgic. My favorite has to be frosted. It's like a guilt-free treat with zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four to five grams of net carbs per serving. Wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes. It's a game changer. So if you're looking for a tasty breakfast, quick snack, or an easy meal, Magic Spoon's got you covered. Head to magicspoon.com slash TLC and don't forget to use the code TLC at checkout to save $5 off your order. And here's the best part. If you don't love it, Magic Spoon has a 100% happiness guarantee. They'll refund you your money, no questions asked. Try a delicious bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash TLC. Use code TLC to save $5. A big thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. It, it most of, most of the stuff that we're talking about when you're when you frame it like the way you're doing, Ryan, is is and have have heard is the idea that we fight about things in marriage just because it's it's what brings us relief and comfort, mm-hmm. not usually morality, not usually value based things. You wouldn't be together if you didn't have a lot of overlap with the values and the moral compasses. Right. Uh, but we have these little nuances of like. I'm more comfortable going to bed at a certain time with you versus I'm an earlier to bed person and I want you to come with me. That's not a moral thing. That's just a preference. I want to go right. to bed together because that's what was modeled or I increased my likelihood. I'd actually get some that night if you're in the bed with me <laughs> or so you know, whatever, whatever it can be. That it's just that I need to realize this is just about I'm trying to create a world that's more comfortable for me, just like my spouse is. Yeah, I love that because I definitely go to bed way earlier than Ryan. At the end of the day, I am like dead ass tired. And we have talked to a couple people um, just in the relationship field. And they were like, one thing is go to bed together. 
but that doesn't necessarily mean that both people have to go to sleep. But if you go up together Mm -hmm. and you kind of just lay there, you say you're going to, you have this feeling of of closeness, right? We've like kind of done that, but um, not really. Like we'll go up, we'll read, like we're doing this new thing where we're reading um, before bed, like just a little bit. But I always know when Ryan like wants to get some, because I'll be like, I got to go to bed and it's super early. It's like nine or something because of the kids. And usually he's like, okay, well, I got to finish this. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to, uh, I'm going to come up to, I'm like, uh-huh. oh, well, are you it's very interesting? <laughs> he's like, yeah, well, you, you know, know his tells, huh? <laughs> exactly. I was like, all right, well, welcome. See, see Corey, she just let the cat out of the bag, <laughs> not to you and to the audience, but to me, you would think if she knows my tell, then that would lead to sex. Oh, well. But now that I know that she knows that and else. she still says, no, I'm going to I'm gonna hold that against you. Oh, so you're aware <laughs> of why I'm up here. And yet you no. still choose to go to sleep. And That's I'm allowed to have that choice. Amen. Yes. Amen. Absolutely. I mean, everything we know and see going on in marriage is based on maps of each other. It's not like we're fooling each other because yeah. we've got enough data to know. Oh, I know exactly what you're feeling. I could be slightly off. Right. But overall, I know and I don't care or I don't want it or I'm not interested or whatever. That's the reality of marriage. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of things that my wife will come home or I'll come home and I'll just need to vent and unload about the day. And there's times where she'll be like, I don't care. You know, (laughs) she and I'm like, ouch. Okay. I could see why you wouldn't care about that, you know, and it, but it's just this, and then there's other times where we're at our best and we want to be of good service and a a, a help for our partner and we'll let them just vent. And it's, you know, but it's just, if I I hold all those little things against each other, we're, we're doomed. Absolutely. I think this year has been especially difficult with that because um, at least here in Canada, we've had some, some rough situations where we were in lockdown for quite some time. So there wasn't a lot of like, new things happening. So we just kept recycling the same conversations. Like we're yep. in, we're in lockdown. We're in the same house. We're working from our house. We're trying yep. to keep our house at home. There's kids. And like the conversations just became um, recycled and muddy and frankly boring. So there were definitely times where I was like, I want to be supportive, but like, I never thought you, they were boring. You but... could just stop talking about this. Cause I wow. just heard this come and not just you, me too. I'd be like, Oh, the kids do this day. And you're like, cool. I know we just talked about that. So. It's like speed reading when you're, when you're with your spouse, it's like speed reading. You, you only take, sometimes you only take, you know, 30% of the entire context and you put it together to see if it actually makes sense. And if it's worth continuing to talk, like mm-hmm. I find that when you get into this nuance of a conversation, it is exactly like that. It's just pull out the data that you need to pull out, respond the way you need to respond and then move on to something else. So Let's ask you this question because you're you're into well you're a doctor but you're you focus a lot on sex and marriage. If conversations are like that, I would make an assertion that sex is like that because you had mentioned earlier how you do your day is how you do your sex. Mm-hmm. So if our interactions are very back and forth, back and forth, not really paying attention, probably sex is too. So what kind of advice would you give our community? When it comes to spicing up sex, when it's getting kind of boring. Um, first step is to say, you know what? This is pretty boring. All right. How do you <laughs> because, say that without offending your spouse? Uh, but you don't get that option. <laughs> I mean, right. it's the same kind of concept of, hey, I got to tell you something, but I don't want you to be mad. I don't right. get the, choi- the choice of if you get mad or not. Right. I get the choice of the tact 
and the manner in which I deliver it. That's it. But there's an element of if there is lousy sex happening, both of you know it. And on some levels, both of you are okay with it because especially if it keeps happening. It's almost like you become complacent, right? And you're like, well, it's working. It's not bad. It's not great. But it well, is what it, it is. It meets the goal that maybe one of you have, yeah. which is truly just to get off my back or achieve an orgasm or have a little pleasure or escape. But if I want to truly connect, I can have sex, but I miss the, the opportunity to taste the sweetness of the person I'm actually having sex with. Right. Yeah. So it's that. how am I showing up? I mean, it's the same scenario. I'll put you guys on the spot a little bit. Um it's that same scenario, Britt, if you, you would probably be able to tell the differences between when Ryan's interested in having sex and when he's interested in having sex with you. Oh, no. Ryan is like one of the horniest people I've ever met. Uh, we've been together forever. So okay. it's still, I, I get what you're saying for sure. But I, I think part of it and part of why I love him so much, he's so like after being together for so long, he still makes me feel like he is like very hot for me, which is like I, bananas. I get it. I'm, but I'm talking about the nuance of what you mentioned earlier on the idea of oh, you, oh, you oh, see oh. his, you see his tale of well, that's what he's interested in. Okay. I don't know if it's really more for him, for me, right. it might be for both. I don't, you know, but there's a, there's nuances that that's what the languages are actually displaying. Yes, and it's just I'm a never... question of, do I have the courage to speak up and say, I'm good if there's something in it for me. Or I'm good if this is just for you tonight or, you know, because that's the sophistication of marriage. That's the sophistication of our language. I've never thought of it it that way. Me neither. I I enjoy having sex with my wife and (laughs) I enjoy having sex. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there are definitely days where I want to have sex with my wife. (laughs) And there are definitely days where I want to have sex. Yep. And my choice is my wife. Correct. Yes. Okay. I'm not but, saying I'm like, I'm not saying like, I like, Hey, listen, if there was 10 ladies lining up, no, I'd have I, sex with any one of them. I'm saying my choice is my wife. I choose my wife. Well, all no, I'm, I'm keeping, I'm keeping it in a monogamous relationship context. Right. I'm keeping it in the idea of these are the things that we do. This is the language that's at play already right. on the idea of you just went through the motions there versus I didn't really see you in that. Mm-hmm. Right. I that's the, that. It's very, um, well, it's funny you say that because now I'm like trying to replay scenarios where maybe I'm more inclined to like, maybe I wasn't in quote unquote the mood, Mm -hmm. but then if Ryan is like very much expressing his need to like have sex sex with, no, no, with me Mm -hmm. or like commenting on me personally or something physically or whatever, as opposed to me, like, you know, changing a diaper and all of a sudden Ryan's like, uh, you know what I mean? I just, uh. I'm in the mood. It gets a very different when it's more focused towards, oh, I'm feeling very connected in that he wants that he's showing that affection right. to me right. over just being horny. I think they both serve a purpose in yeah. marriage because I don't think we're a hundred percent pure mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> we're not always good all of the time. Sometimes right. it's animalistic and raw and biological. Sometimes it's escape and release and anxiety, tension, tolerance. And, and sometimes it's the true, wait, this is a profound moment of meeting that yeah. takes us to both different places. Let's, let's zero in on step number one is admitting that it's boring. 
where if do you go? It is, yes. Yeah. Where do you go from there? Well, typically, uh, most relational situations are better when I present the problem and some possible solutions, mm. not just, hey, this is boring. Do something better, babe. Right. You know, <laughs> because that's, that's basically just you might be better off by saying, honey, I think you're a lousy lover. You know, because that's kind of what you're saying is code in that statement of this is boring, do something different. Mm -hmm. But if you say, you know, this is kind of boring, I feel like I've gone through the motions a bunch and that's shortchanging me and you. And I want to show up and try a little more creativity or I want to change the scenario or I want to do it in a different location or more regularly or something that's kind of bringing myself forward in a Mm -hmm. different way that will disrupt the system a little bit. And there'll be some disequilibrium. That's a hard word to say, apparently, mm-hmm. this afternoon. Never even heard it. <laughs> but, it but it's that idea of, of, okay, we both have to adjust because if there's actually truth that both of you see of, yeah, you know what, this is going through the motions. That's all it's mainly been. Yeah. And you both can acknowledge that. That puts pressure on both of you that now that it's out in the bag, out, out of the bag, like the whole, yeah, I'll come up with you. You know, she's, caught on to your tail, Ryan. So now you're like, next time you say, yeah, I'll come back. Uh, I'll come up with you. There's going to be an awkward kind of moment 100%. of meeting yeah. of like, yeah, you heard exactly what I'm saying, babe. That's why I'm coming up with, you know, so it's just yeah. kind of out in the open on what the dynamic actually already is. Right. Are there any specific tools or homework that you would suggest for a couple? If you are feeling like your sex life is very boring. It truly is bored. And I see their countenances kind of shift of like, yeah, this has been monotonous sex that we've been having. And they both are aware of that on a deeper level. Then I can look at them both and say, so now you're really wrestling with something along the lines of, I thought I was a good lover, but maybe I'm not. Mm-hmm. Huh. What does that say? Uh, I really, because some of us now we're talking about identity issues of like, yeah. I, I'd like to think of myself as good in that area. And maybe I haven't been so I might need to read a book, listen to a podcast, um, watch something, learn something. I mean, best thing that helped my marriage and my sex life was me heading back to the, to school (laughs) for a PhD, you know, on just some of the classes I took there. I was like, I had no idea about the human body in that regard. This is kind of fun. I'm going to go try that out with my wife. And I love that. So would you say, cause I know that, um, you know, personal trainers used to almost always say this when you're a personal trainer, you're, you're technically not supposed to give uh, advice in terms of nutrition because you you don't have a license to do that. But what often happens is when people start working on, they start getting into better shape, they start automatically eating healthier. They start researching what to do and how mm-hmm. to do it, sleeping better, eating better, eating cleaner. Yep. It's just a natural progression. What I'm hearing what I'm hearing you say is that by just opening up the conversation about the desire to have less boring sex, more often than not, couples kind of start to go down their own path. Is that accurate? If, if they, if that statement is actually a true statement, that's not just one sided. Mm. Yes. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it can be said of this sex is pretty boring. And the partner's like, no, I'm getting everything I want out of it. I'm great. That's a better reality to have to realize what we're really facing then. Mm. Okay. I have a question for you. Okay. If you've been married for a long time, there is something called uh, the seven year itch. Have mm-hmm. you heard of this term? 
Uh, yes. What are your thoughts on that? Like, is it, does it have some truth to it? Well, so the corollary, uh, as far as the societal thought process that's out there, like the seven years, because I believe it's true. I don't know if it's seven years, but mm-hmm. I do know every relationship will reach a critical critical mass moment of one of the partners will be, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if this is what I want or I'm, right. I'm bored. I'm, it's not fulfilling. I'm not happy, which is the death now because happiness is such a fleeting, crappy way to use as a litmus test. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the other, the corollary statement is the, this kind of poked fun of marriage in the sense that marriage is where sex goes to die. Um, because I think there's an element of, you can only do so much together that it can easily get into routine, non-creative, just checking a box unless both parties, um, transform themselves in a way, grow up in a way, address different aspects of themselves in a way and realize it's not about so much of what we do or don't do. It's who we are in the doing Mm -hmm. of it. Um, it's how am I developing and evolving as people? Um, you guys talk about parenting on your show and have referenced it, you know, several times today on just the idea of, well, when we first had a child, we had no idea what we were doing, Mm -hmm. but after you have several, it's like, I got a pretty good idea. I'm okay. I can, I can figure it out somewhat. And that's a confidence thing. That's an identity thing. And so I think long-term relationships require more of us to show up. But research also shows the longer you're in a relationship, the better the quality of sex is. And that's usually because you're more comfortable in your own skin as a person, not just what you do or don't do. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Now, I want to talk about comfort. Um, Brittany and I just recently watched a show and we can talk about it after, but one of the, one of the key elements was there was, there was a husband and a wife, um, and the wife had desires and passions, uh, and experiences that she wanted to have in the bedroom. And the husband was really kind of in a a bit of a box in terms Mm -hmm. of comfort and what he felt he needed and desired. What are your thoughts when one partner, one way or the other, wants that spice that let's have sex in the car, you know, let's have sex in public, you know, let's go to a swinger party or Mm -hmm. really wants to elevate the level of risque in a relationship. And the other partner really doesn't feel comfortable with it. Okay. So what do you you suggest there? Well, so one, there's two ways we have to frame this, this section, this section. One is there's a higher desire and lower desire on everything in marriage. One of Mm -hmm. you wants something more than the other. Even if you both want it, one of you wants it more. Mm -hmm. And so there's a dilemma that's inherent in every single actionable, tangible behavior thing that happens between people. One of you wants it more. You're the higher desire and the other is the lower. Oftentimes we think of the guy that's in this box and more vanilla. If they were coming into my office, I can almost guarantee they both have framed him as the problem. Mm -hmm. Rather than they both have the problem, right? Because what's the rationale on why you want sex in public or swinging or 
outdoor or on the roof or in the pool or or even just mm-hmm. with the lights on. Maybe that's way too risque mm-hmm. because everybody has their own quantifi- qualifiers of what makes novel and what right. makes erotic. So that's that's how you have to frame it. And then the secondary component of it is recognizing any type of novelty, erotic enhancement is always introduced unilaterally, meaning one person lets that bell, rings that bell, and it can't be unrung. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not likely that, Britt, if you speak up and say, you know what, what I've always been wanting is, and you lay it out there, he's going to stand up and applaud if it's something that is a little scary. Mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, okay, hold on. You just changed the dynamic of our relationship, right. at least on an emotional conversational level. If you act on it, that's a whole different beast. Mm -hmm. But if I release a fantasy to my spouse and it freaks her out, I've changed the dynamic of our relationship. Yeah. It's hard. I've also made it more intimate. For sure. I feel like um, it's hard not to say these things. um, Like we briefly said this without making your partner wrong. Like there's like this weird Mm -hmm. sense of like, of you have to take ownership or there's blame because you're obviously not getting that. If mm-hmm. you're speaking about it. So it's like, you want to speak up because this is what you want, but you also have this, you don't want to hurt their feelings. And you maybe are a little bit nervous to mm-hmm. put, um, like poke the fire essentially. Right. Cause you will absolutely, you can't take it back. Right. So that's a very interesting way to look at it because you like, it is something that you're bringing for both of you. It's not one person. Yeah, do you remember that book, uh, the gray, what's the gray, the guys, the name's gray. Uh, oh, 50 shades, 50 shades of gray. Yeah. Well, 50 shades of gray became this huge craze that all of these women were, were interested in. And then all of the men who weren't into, you know, handcuffs, chains, swings, and all of that stuff, all of a sudden it was like, wait a second, my, my spouse, my partner is, is not only interested in this subject matter, but this turns them on mm-hmm. and this is missing in our relationship. It, for me, I'm not a kind of guy that's going to take a candle out and burn the shit out of my wife. It's just not my, it's not, my, I don't think that pl- that pain is pleasure. Right. But and, if and I told it. you that I liked that. But if you told me that you were into that. that, then I would have to reframe my way of thinking what sex is. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. And that's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. It's like, but what if I'm not comfortable smacking my wife with a broomstick? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or something like that. <laughs> Then, then, I'm not saying that Brittany, I just want everyone to know I'm not saying that Brittany wants have, me to paddle her anymore. I hear paddles are better better than broomsticks, but I, I, I hear what you're saying. I said I said broomstick, but I wanted to say paddle. It came out as broomstick, so I ran with it. I'm really like in the hocus pocus here. So uh, I got you. I mean, whatever floats your boat. I am not going to judge what people choose to do in their own bedrooms um, or elsewhere. I guess for that matter, but there. This is about each person having to recognize there are inherent things that are at pressure in a marriage of what I want versus what my partner wants, which one wins. Um, Because a lot of times the whole what's proposed out there in my field is the idea of compromise. But I think most of the time that's actually a caving in by Mm -hmm. one, not the other. Uh, True compromise is where you both make the decision and you hold neither hostage for your decision. And you learn Can you say that again. So true compromise is where you both make a decision about something of, yes, I'll come to bed at the same time as you, but I'm not holding you hostage for my choice right. of coming to bed. And the way I would hold you hostage and the way you guys have alluded to it is there better be some sex happening every right. so often yeah, That's because really I'm making good. this move 
towards you rather than I'm making this move towards you. If it results in something fantastic, but if it doesn't, I can't get all butthurt over it Mm -hmm. because I made the choice. Right. I have been butthurt. Yeah. Well, yeah. welcome to the club hurt. of the high desire, dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just, yeah. No, that, see, these are the conversations. These are the conversations that people don't always have access to. Right. Um, when they hear a different perspective, it opens up the opportunity for another conversation. This is the right. intention of what we're doing here. So, right. You know, well, that's the I intention of here, Sexy Marriage Radio. Yep. Yeah. We're doing the work here, right? I love yep. that. So, we have two kids. The oldest is our daughter. She's seven. Um, what age do you feel like is appropriate to have like the talk? Because I mean, sevens for us is too early, but we're also experiencing things like Ryan right now, like Riley, our daughter will come. I'll have a shower. She will come with me. No problem. But Ryan's at a a part right now where he's like, I don't feel comfortable Mm -hmm. being in the shower with her. And so do you suggest having small little discussions? How do you, how do you bring it up? What are your, what are your thoughts? You're on on the right track with that. In my opinion, that these are conversations, not a conversation. Right. right? Um, I personally and professionally believe sex education begins at birth Mm. where you use the proper terminology uh, for body parts. It's not a wee wee or a TT, you know, Mm. or down there or, you know, one of my proud moments, this is my weird therapist world that I live in. Cause I have a 16 year old, a 14 year old, and my <laughs> oldest is a daughter. And we started reading a book with her as soon as we were reading books with her. And we're mm. looking at the pictures that were anatomically correct. And I was labeling parts. And, you know, she, when, when she was older, probably about five or six, she was like, dad, my labia really hurt. <laughs> I was like, oh, you just made me so proud. Honey. And it's just like, oh, thank you. Okay, well, now let's address this <laughs> and deal with it. Oh, <laughs> to well, do something, or would you rather your mother? Because I want to defer to your comfort oh, level right. in this because yeah. I realize there's a separation that can happen. That's, that's um, lovely. I think professionally and child developmentally when does the actual talk or the full on here's more of what's really going on happen Mm -hmm. typically it's around the age of seven eight or nine because that's when abstract thinking is entering their brain Mm -hmm. their move their brain is is uh, readjusting itself and adding in abstract away from just concrete and so that's when you start doing a little more pointed for both of our kids, it was their eighth birthday when we read through an entire book that's really detailed, but it's aimed for children right. on here's edu- here's sex, here's, yeah. here's, here's intercourse, here's life, right? Here's mm-hmm. how a baby is formed. Here's what this really is. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, it becomes teachable moments, right. um, which if you watch TV together, there's ample opportunity to just pause. What do you think they're saying there? What do you think that's mm-hmm. about? I think the biggest misconception or maybe fear parents would have is if you're having the talk at, um, would someone say young, Mm -hmm. you're almost like, I think, I mean, I know my friends have said this to me. They're almost afraid that they're planting a seed that maybe might not have been there. And so then you're, they're thinking the child is going to kind of look into this further and maybe they're going to be more sexually active sooner than they would have had they had not had the conversation. Well, they and likely are already curious even before exactly, you bring it up. Exactly. And you're not the only source. Like there is, like you said, TV. You, no, can't, have, you, I, you can't watch Nickelodeon without oh no. getting yeah. sexual references yeah. across yeah. the board. 
So I think I think the more you can normalize it, the more as an adult you can get more comfortable talking about the subject without freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, the better you are at, at being able to handle it, the better you are at adjusting to questions that come and be able to say, you know what, I don't know an answer to that, but let's go find it. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll, I'll get back to you because it's it, it matters. I think of our kids' brains are like sponges, and I want mine so full of good information that the bad ha- doesn't have as much chance to get in and stick. I want to model a good, vibrant life with my wife. I want to model that we are into each other, but I also want to be appropriate in the sense that some of the stuff they don't need to know about right. is ours, right? And so if you're describing a scenario, Ryan, where you're uncomfortable with your daughter in the shower with you, then that's kind of a marker of, okay, we need to have a little more reestablishment mm-hmm. of our roles with each other because this is about what's appropriate, what's right. And what one couple says is appropriate and is right can be a little different with another couple because I don't want to put a broad brush thing mm-hmm. on there. Yeah. I love that because Riley literally, I guess she was talking to you yesterday about babies and you had told her, I don't, I wasn't part of the conversation that, that you're the, well, me had to give you a gift in order to, for her to have, uh, for you to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And she said, what was the gift? And I said, <laughs> How do I describe that gift? Uh, without well, that going night, into- it was a great gift, honey, yeah. because he was rocking the stars. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> he brought a broom and it was just lovely. <laughs> Corey, can you do us a favor and just tag all of your socials where people can find you if they want to listen, all of that good stuff. Thank you for that. Well, I do want to add one little, I alluded to this before I talk about my stuff. I yes. want to hawk somebody else's stuff, which is the book called Where Did I Come From by Peter Maley. Okay. Um, that it's a great in- introduction into this concept because it's anatomically correct drawings, but it's cartoon people. What but was the name me, of that book again? Where Did I Come From? Awesome. By Peter Maley, M-A-Y-L-E. Awesome. Uh, and that's you. a great, it's a great resource. Um, so people can find me, uh, smrnation.com is my online home. That's where everything is. Uh, all 533 episodes of sexy marriage radio are there. Um, plus thousands of posts and articles that I've written over the years. Uh, I've got some courses coming out at the end of the year. Uh, that'll be video based, helping couples rekindle and connect, uh, going through it'll all be video based. And then also, some uh, desire courses and then some sexual intimacy courses coming. Um, <clears throat> weekly show comes out every Wednesday uh, as when sex and marriage radio airs, there's a membership site involved. And then obviously Instagram, uh, TikTok less so that we're spending time on, but Instagram has been having some fun. Um, oh, you're doing great. Yeah, you're doing great. Your I got good people. people. Your yeah, I got good fantastic. people. That's the bigger thing of it. So <laughs> well, good for you. And thank, and thank you so much for this. There's a lot of conversations that we had that we've never had. Yeah. Uh, and every good. conversation that we had today, even if we've had, it was a totally different angle to come from. Yeah. Um, and I know for a fact, we're going to take some of this conversation uh, into the bedroom, uh, hey. uh, into onto the couch. Like I said, hey, we're going to start with the conversation first. So Good. thank you so much. I thought you were being cheeky. Like I'm going to do it on the couch. And- <laughs> we're going to bring out the broomsticks. <laughs> thank you. Back Corey. away. <laughs> Appreciate your time. Corey, have yourself a wonderful day. Yeah, because aside from my soul.